1: Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host Dan the Viking. A little bit of a different introduction this week, I thought it was appropriate, and I suppose, unless you've been living under a rock for the last few weeks, uh, you will be aware that our sovereign, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth, passed away on the 8th of September. Now, I thought this week we would do a tribute to her life um, and start with the National Anthem of Great Britain, um, whether that is uh, God Save the Queen or, or God Save the King, which it is now, um, whatever you decided to sing. Obviously, this episode is, is about the Queen. So, the Queen did a lot for a lot of people um, in this country. I personally was very very upset at her passing Um, it it hit me a lot harder than I thought it actually would do Um, it was almost inevitable Uh, you know 96 years old um, I don't think anyone was surprised that she died Um, but it's left a void in this country that is almost unexplainable you know we we don't really know how to describe the queen you know she was just there there are so many people who have been so upset by this and i would say 99.9% of the british population have never met her um but yet she's touched everybody's life and there are a lot of people in this country that that you know don't like the royal family um, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of people take it back to um, colonialism and take it back to the slave trade and how the royal family was um, instrumental in that. And they forget that that was 200, 220 years ago. Um, Great Britain was the first country to abolish slavery. Um, and that was a royal decree. Um, the Royal Navy did everything they could to stop the slave trade after britain had abolished it um the queen herself apologized for her ancestors on several occasions um but yet people still have this prejudice to our royal family and a lot of people say you know why do we pay so much money to the royals when they don't do anything um so i thought i would take this episode and Talk about Queen Elizabeth II, talk about her life, talk about what she did for this country and why so many people are upset about her passing and why so many people did love her even though they never knew her. Now one thing that's very important to know is the Queen never asked to be Queen. Now I know this sounds real silly and a lot of people say, well, you know, no one asks for the life they're born into. The queen was not born to be queen, and this is something most people, especially in this country, do know. Um, but she was not born a direct heir to the throne. She was the second son of the king's daughter. You know, she—it was like um, Prince Archie, for example, uh, Harry's Harry and Meghan's child. She would have been there in the line of succession so she was born on april the 21st 1926 and the queen was born princess elizabeth alexandra mary windsor she was born at 2:40 a.m. at her parents' home in 17 burton street mayfair london she was the first child of the duke and duchess of york now When you look at, I mean, the the Duke of York at the moment is probably the most hated man in the royal family, which is Prince Andrew. Um, He's not in any way, shape or form going to become king. So there was never a presumption that Princess Elizabeth would become king. uh, Sorry, would become queen. Now, she's in 1930s. Elizabeth, her early years in the 1930s were spent between Piccadilly in London and White Lodge in Richmond Park. And in 1933, she got her first dog. And for those of you who know the royal family and know the Queen, she was famous for having corgis. Her first corgi was in 1933. Her Majesty was just seven years old, and her father, King George VI, bought home dookie, a Pembrokeshire Welsh corgi. She immediately fell in love with it uh, and fell in love with the breed. And it's believed that she's owned at least 30 corgis since then. So that's quite a lot. Now, I said there King George the Sixth. She was not, at the time, he was not King George VI. He was just the Duke of York. But on the 11th of December 1936, her uncle, King Edward Eighth, abdicated the throne now because he abdicated he had no direct heirs and the next heir in line was the queen's father who became George VI now George VI was not ready for the throne um, and he was thrown into a very turmoil time he was king in 1936 for those of you who know your history Germany uh, appointed Hitler as chancellor in 1933 so he had a very very Rocky start to his uh, his coronation and his his kingship. But it did push Princess Elizabeth to the heiress presumptive, in other words, first in line to the throne. April the 21st, 1942, Princess Elizabeth had her first public engagement, um, and this was on her 16th birthday, believe it or not, which was inspecting the soldiers of the Grenadier Guards. The Grenadier Guards became her unit. So when she was on parade, when she was out trooping the colours, or she was on her birthday uh, parades in London, it was mainly the Grenadier Guards that you saw. Although there were other units from the Royal Ar- uh, from the Royal Army that uh, do the the soldiering on Buckingham Palace. So the the bearskins, the red coats uh, at Buckingham Palace. These normally are made up from either the Grenadier Guards, the Scottish, the Irish, the Welsh Guards, the Royal Household Cavalry, or the Coldstream Guards. So there are other units that obviously do that, but they're the main ones. But the Grenadier Guards held a special place with Princess Elizabeth. November 20th, 1947, so this is after the Second World War, Elizabeth, just aged 21, married Princess Philip Mountbatten in Westminster Abbey, and the couple stayed together for 73 years until Philip's death on April 9th, 2021. For those of you who want to know a little bit about Philip Mountbatten, the man who was uh, smuggled out of Greece in an orange cart... Um, you will need to go back to last year where we did an episode on the Duke of Edinburgh. November the 14th, 1948, Elizabeth gives birth to her first child. That is Prince Charles at Buckingham Palace. Prince Charles becomes third in line to the throne. And for those of you who haven't worked that out yet, he is now King Charles Third. August the 15th 1950 Princess Anne is born at Clarence House Clarence House is the main house for the Queen at this time because she's not the Queen at this point, she's just a princess and Clarence House was where they wanted to stay the Queen's father was very ill in the 1950s and he actually had to have one lung removed Um, during during this decade he was very ill and passed away he passed away on the 6th of february 1952 and this was while princess elizabeth and her husband were on a trip to the commonwealth they were touring the british empire um, or the commonwealth at the time Um, and they were actually in africa at this point now the queen made a very heartfelt speech during this time about her father and how she would dedicate her life to this country. No truer words were ever spoken on June the second nineteen fifty three Queen Elizabeth was crowned uh, following her father's death the previous year. Elizabeth's coronation took place in Westminster Abbey and she was crowned Queen Elizabeth the Second at the age of just 27 now obviously she became queen a year and a half before that they did wait quite a long time for her coronation this is very uh, common in the royal family her father waited 5 months before his coronation I don't really know the reason behind it there is a few reasons as to why they do this um, I don't know why the Queen's was so long, um, there is a a theory that it had something to do with Winston Churchill um, being Prime Minister at the time, and the longer he could drag it out meant that she, he would stay in in power a little bit longer. On February the 19th, 1960, so we are flashing forward a few years here, the Queen gave birth to Prince Andrew, who is the Duke of York at Buckingham Palace now the family moved into Buckingham Palace after the coronation and this was something she really didn't like she didn't like Buckingham Palace Buckingham Palace was cold um, it had horrible architecture she didn't like the she, she just didn't like it there was a lot of things she didn't like about Buckingham Palace but she was told the monarch has to live at Buckingham Palace Now, most of you will realise, especially the British, will know that the Queen did not spend that much time at Buckingham Palace. Um, She was mainly at Windsor or Balmoral and Sandringham during the summer. She spent very little time at Buckingham Palace because she didn't like it. Her favourite was Balmoral uh, in Scotland. That was her favourite place to be. um, And that is where she passed away. On March 10th 1964 the Queen at age 37 gave birth to her fourth and final child which was Prince Edward at Buckingham Palace again. Now in 1965 May 18th she made her first state visit to West Germany. The Queen's 10 day visit of the Federal Republic of Germany or at the time West Germany was the first official visit there by a British royal since 1913. Her visit marked the twenty year anniversary of the end of World War II, helping to symbolise the reconciliation between the two countries. In nineteen seventy she went on a first walkabout during a royal tour of Australia and New Zealand queen elizabeth rebelled against the centuries of royal tradition when she took a casual stroll to greet the crowds of people in person rather than to wave to them from a protective distance a walkabout is now a regular practice for british royals so if you actually look at some of the footage from her funeral you will see that there is a lot of uh King Charles and William and Harry um, actually greeting the public, actually shaking hands. She was the first monarch to really push that connection with the public and to actually put herself in a situation where she could potentially be in danger, but she was putting herself out there as a queen who wanted to be loved by the people. And this is something that this country never really had, and it was very, very much against royal tradition, now some of you listening will probably remember this June the second nineteen seventy seven the queen's silver jubilee the queen was on the throne for twenty five years and it was the uh, it was actually a, a public holiday. They made uh, her twenty fifth year um, jubilee a public holiday in England just a few years later, Prince Charles um, had a son. This was Prince William, who is now the heir apparent to the throne. Prince William was born to Prince Charles and Diana, Princess of Wales. William is the third grandchild. So there are two older grandchildren than William. And this is where people do get a little bit confused because William isn't the oldest grandchild, but he is first in line to the throne because his dad is now king. November the 20th, 1992, this caused quite a bit of uproar in this country, there was a fire at Windsor Castle, a fire wrecked part of the Queen's home at Windsor Castle, it actually destroyed 115 rooms, including 9 state rooms, and the castle was not restored for another 5 years, now there was a massive uproar about this in the country, because the British public didn't want to pay for this, for the the castle to be fixed. And to my personal opinion, I kind of agree with that. Um, the public didn't want to pay. They didn't feel that there should be an extra couple of pounds in their tax bill um, just to pay for the royals to have their home restored. It wasn't the public's fault. It There was a fire. It wasn't anybody's fault. Um, But they believed that the Queen and the royal family, with the money that they have, uh, should have been responsible for fixing their own house just as much as anybody else would be if their house burnt. The Queen actually agreed with this. When there was a bit of a public outcry, the Queen agreed and said, ''Yeah, do you know what? Absolutely, you are 100% right. I will go with the public.'' And the refurbishments came out of the royal pocket. It wasn't paid for by the British public. Now, again, a lot of people argue the point that because the British public pay the Queen and the Queen's used that money to re- replenish her house, that the British public did pay for it. But the British public pay. I think last year it worked out at eighty-six point something million pounds. Uh, to the royal family, which is the most the royal family have ever been paid. So in 1992, this would have been a lot less than that. And that works out at roughly one pounds twenty five per British taxpayer per year. So two pence a week is what the British public pay for the royal family, which... When you consider what the royal family does for us, what they've brought into the country, the traditions, the fact that um, you know we'd, we have massive tourism that stems from the royal family. So when you put into perspective of what they actually bring in, I don't think two pence a week is, is very, very much. But I'll leave that up to you to decide. We're not here for that. We're here to talk about Her Royal Highness. August 31st, 1997, a day that lives with most people in this country, the death of Princess Diana. This was shocked around the entire world. The Queen's daughter-in-law, Diana, Princess of Wales, died on August 31st from injuries she sustained in a car crash in Paris. Tensions between the royal family and Diana were already tense following her controversial interview with Martin Bashir and so the Queen was under close scrutiny following her death. The Queen's speech about Diana's passing was broadcast live on September the 5th. We have all felt those emotions in the last few days, so what I say to you now, as your Queen and as a grandmother, I say from the heart. I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being, in good times and bad. She never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her energy and commitment to others, especially her devotion to her two boys. Now, that was the Queen's speech. A lot of people hammered her, in the press, and she did go down a bit in the public's estimation from this, because she didn't she didn't portray very much emotion when giving this speech. It came across quite cold um, and quite, um almost like a you know, oh she's she's died. Um, and what people forget, what the British public forget is the royal family are not allowed to show emotion. They're just not. It's not part of their tradition. They're not allowed to to do things like that. Um, it's very hard to explain, but, for example, Charles, King Charles, at the funeral of his own mother, um, was not allowed to cry. Um, I believe there are pictures of him shedding a tear or two But I know if my mother passed, I would be an absolute wreck. I I would, you know, I'd absolutely devoted to my mother. I love her to pieces. And I would be completely distraught. King Charles was barely able to shed a tear because they're not allowed. They're not allowed to show that emotion. They have to put on this big front. They're not allowed to have opinions on things they can't even have opinions on politics or anything like that they're they're so strict on how the royal family needs to act in certain situations that sometimes they do look quite robotic they do look quite um nonchalant in in certain situations but that isn't the case you know it's not they are Obviously, human beings, they obviously have emotions like everybody else, um, but unfortunately, they're not allowed to to show that off. Uh, November the 20th, 1997. The Queen and Prince Philip celebrated their golden wedding anniversary with a special garden party at Buckingham Palace for couples who were also celebrating their golden wedding anniversary. So they put on this massive display for people um this garden party, for people who just general people in the public who just happens to be married on the same day or the same year that the queen was celebrating hers, and that that just shows it's just something the royals have never done, they've never done something like that. You look back through British tradition. They never opened up their homes to the peasants, you know, which is what, what, what she did. Essentially, she opened her home. She had a garden party for people anywhere in the country celebrating their golden wedding anniversary. At the same time, her and Philip were celebrating theirs. And that goes to show who she was as a person. And she did a lot of things like that that broke royal tradition and... This made her you know, very, very special in a lot of people's eyes. Um, I always remember growing up, my, I always called him Grandad Fred. Um, he was not my real grandad, but he was um, my grandma's partner. Um, and he was a squadron leader in the Royal Air Force. And he was one of the three men in the armed forces that had a daily schedule for the royal family. He could tell you where every single member of that royal family was at any given day, anywhere in the world. Because there are, well at the time, I don't know if this has changed, but there were three members, one from the Royal Air Force, one from the Royal Navy and one from the Army that were tasked with knowing all the details about the royal family and where they were Um, He was instrumental in bringing Princess Diana home uh, in 1997. Um, He helped with things like that. So I have a lot of royal stories from him growing up. Flash forward five years to a year that I think a lot, again, I I know I'm saying this a lot, but a lot of people remember this. 2002 was a year that was famous in this country. Um, The Queen's younger sister Princess Margaret uh, died from complications from a stroke. This was February the 9th, 2002. So the year got off to a really bad year. Um, And later, just a month later, on March the 30th, the Queen Mother also passed away. She was 101 when she died. Again, later in the year, June the 24th, 2002, the Golden Jubilee, the Queen celebrated her Golden Jubilee um and queen elizabeth actually traveled more than 40,000 miles in 2002 which included visits to the caribbean australia new zealand and canada she also visited 70 cities and towns in the 50 counties in the united kingdom she traveled everywhere you know and granted she traveled in a golden carriage you know but she traveled all over the world all over the commonwealth just to see her subjects I think they've estimated that the Queen travelled over two million miles in her lifetime. She also visited, I think it was, hundred and something countries in her lifetime as well. She she literally travelled everywhere to put the royal name out there throughout her entire life. April the twenty first, two thousand and seven, Queen Elizabeth overtakes her great great grandmother, Queen Victoria as the oldest ever reigning British monarch. Later in that year, May 17th, 2007, Queen Elizabeth visits Dublin, uh, and this is the first state visit to the Republic of Ireland by a reigning British monarch. Elizabeth's visit, during which she expressed her sincere thoughts and deep sympathy for the victims of the troubled Anglo-Irish past, And this was widely celebrated as the beginning of a new era of friendship. Now, I know a lot of Irish who may be listening to this probably disagreeing with that. Um, I know there is. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corrient. the queen was the first monarch to take that step um on trying to trying to basically to heal the wounds of of years 2012 one of the greatest olympic games i would say anybody's ever witnessed and they were held in london queen elizabeth decided to do a cameo with james bond The Queen made a cameo alongside Daniel Craig for the opening of the London 2012 Games. In a short parody film, Bond actor Daniel Craig entered Buckingham Palace wearing a tuxedo. After a pause, Her Majesty turns from her writing desk and says, Good evening, Mr Bond. Now they did go and pretend that the Queen jumped out of an aeroplane and parachuted into the stadium. Obviously, we know that didn't happen. But she actually did this uh, cameo without the royal knowledge. Nobody in the royal family knew she was doing this until the day it aired. Nobody had a clue. The only people who knew were uh, obviously herself, Daniel Craig, the people who filmed it, and her direct security detail. Nobody else in the country had a clue that she decided to pretend to jump out of an aeroplane for the opening of the Olympics. July the 22nd 2013 the queen's great-grandson and now second in line to the throne prince george is born uh, to prince william and kate middleton george is like i said is third in line to the throne and his birth marked the first time since victoria's reign that three generations of direct heirs to the british throne were alive at the same time and this is a it's a big thing for this country, you know, we now know where our crown is going. It's going to Charles, then to William, then to George. Um So it, it is a big thing for people to know, you know, how, How? I don't know, I suppose it's just like a dynasty. You know, where as soon as George has his first child, or if George has a, has a child, we'll know where that's going from there as well. September the 9th, 2015... The Queen becomes another record breaker. The Queen became the longest reigning monarch in British history, more than 63 years, surpassing her great great grandmother, Queen Victoria. At the time the record was broken, Queen Elizabeth had reigned for 23,226 days, 16 hours and 30 minutes. April the 21st, 2016 was the Queen's 90th birthday. The milestone was marked by a national service of thanksgiving and a street party of 10,000 people along the Mall hosted by the Queen herself. Again, the Queen out there in the, in the public with the common people. Now I know that doesn't sound like much to other countries out there but when you look back through British history a monarchs doesn't do that monarchs don't go into the crowd and talk to people they sit in their castle and they stay away from people and they collect their money and they you know, for a royal member of the royal family to go out into the public and talk to people the way that the queen did she put the royal family on a similar level to the british public you know no longer did people look at them as the you know the untouchables these high and mighty royals that looked down on everyone else she was trying to build that better relationship with them 2020 uh the i would say the last time we should allow an american into the royal family we have megxit uh prince harry and meghan markle announced their intentions to step away from royal duties their decision to step back from the roles came as a shock to everyone, uh, including the Queen, uh, who actually said she was hurt by their decision. The couple then moved to Canada before setting up a home in the United States. And the reason I say uh, a American in the royal family is, you may remember back at the beginning of this episode, and I said Edward VIII abdicated the throne. The reason he abdicated the throne is because he fell in love with an American woman a divorced woman and was told that he could not marry a divorced woman and be king of england he had to choose his loyalties to his country or his loyalties to the woman he loved and he picked the woman he loved the next uh, royal member of the household to marry an american woman decides to step away from royal duties so I think we should, you should just leave us to it in the future, to be honest, because Harry has gone down quite badly in the British public opinion. Um, so has Meghan Markle because of that. Now, a lot of you will have seen the funeral, and you will have seen that Prince Harry did not wear his military uniform. Now, there has been a bit of an uproar in this country in regards to that, because they do believe that because he served in Afghanistan he should have been able to wear his military uniform. Unfortunately, if you looked at the funeral closely, you would have seen that the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, also did not wear his military uniform, uh, although having served in the Royal Navy for a very, very long time. The reason for this is if you step away from royal duties the way Harry did, uh, you are not able to wear the royal garments i.e. the royal uh, army uniform at ceremonies so unfortunately that is the reason harry was not allowed to wear his uniform it has sparked a few problems in this country because a lot of people do believe he should have been able to wear it to his grandma's funeral um but like i said the royal family are nothing but sticklers and this is tradition um obviously we know the reasons why Prince Andrew has been removed of royal duties if you don't know that, google it I'm pretty sure everyone listening knows why Prince Andrew uh, has been sort of pushed to the side when we're talking about the royals but that's why he wasn't wearing his, Harry sort of in a similar reason but obviously Harry stepped away himself rather than being pushed away bit of a sidetrack there April the 5th, 2020, the Queen did a televised speech about coronavirus. um, Echoing the words of Vera Lynn, um, and she said, We will meet again. So if you've not heard the song, We'll meet again. uh, I will actually play it at the end of this, because I think it's uh, a brilliant song, and it, uh, I would say, sums up how a lot of British people feel right now. The following year. Um, Harry and Meghan again drop the bombshell of the Oprah interview Um, this was just before Prince Philip actually died the month before Um, Harry and Meghan do an interview with Oprah Winfrey that aired on on March 7th in the United States and the following day in the UK Um, the couple did not hold back on what they said the royals faced allegations of racism um, after Harry and Meghan claimed the unnamed member of the family made a comment about how dark Archie's skin tone would be. Um, the Queen was sad, but not angry about this interview. Now, a lot of people at this point in this country speculated that it was probably Philip. Um, turns out that it wasn't Philip, and the chances are it was Prince William. Now, I can't defend a comment like that. Uh, however, there is context that is not been provided, and unfortunately for Meghan Markle, she has been proved to be a liar on many occasions. Um, so we're not, you know, we the British public tend to sort of although we if we don't agree with the comment I would say most of us think well she's a known liar and we don't know the context of of the conversation um, so until we know more let's leave it where it is um, like I said later in the year in 2021 um the queen lost her loving husband Of 73 years, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, died at 99 years old. There was a statement uh, read from Buckingham Palace um, and it said, It is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. His Royal Highness passed away peacefully this morning at Windsor Castle. His actual death certificate says he died of old age. He didn't have anything wrong with him. He was just old. Just a few days later, April the 12th, 2021, the Queen celebrated her 95th birthday. The Queen's milestone birthday marked the the first birthday without her late husband by her side, the first time in 70 years celebrations were significantly smaller because of the pandemic and because of the passing of the Duke April the 17th last year Prince Philip's funeral many people have seen the pictures of the Queen sat there alone with a mask on her face at a funeral for a man that she loved for over 70 years and A little piece of everybody's heart broke in this country when they saw that. We didn't see a queen sat there. We saw our nan, a frail old lady who was dealing with the loss of the love of her life all alone. Nobody by her side. Um... And it was just... It was heartbreaking. And I think most people in this country... We felt that pain at the same time. We all felt it. It was... It was horrible. Um, And it really was. And then to find out... Later in the year... That on that exact day... Boris Johnson and his cronies were having a party... um, Because they didn't stick to COVID rules in this country. But the Queen had to sit there on her own um made it even worse and one of the main reasons why he was ousted from the prime minister's job june the 2nd 2021 there were plans put in place for the platinum jubilee uh there were reve- well, they revealed that we were going to have a four day weekend in 2022 to celebrate the landmark occasion the celebration marked the Queen's 70 years on the throne and promises to be the largest ever in Britain. So, this was the year before. June 2021, June the 6th, Harry and Meghan have their second baby and they name her Lilibet. For those of you who know the royal family and know the stories, Lilibet was what Princess Elizabeth was called by her mother um, and by her grandmother. Uh, when she was younger. So it was a very nice sort of tribute to Her Royal Highness. Um, and Lilybet Mountbatten-Windsor will be known as Lily for short, after the Royals' nickname for the Queen. Lily's middle name was Diana, um, or is Diana, which is obviously chosen to honour her late grandmother. October the 19th, 2021. 2021 was a busy year for the Queen, by the way. The Queen politely turned down the Oldie of the Year award, organised by Chairman Giles Bandwith for the Oldie magazine. According to an aide, the monarch believes you are as old as you feel and thinks she does not meet the relevant criteria for the trophy. Her Majesty sent a message back to the organizers of the prizes with her warmest wishes and says she hopes you'll find a more worthy recipient. Now, mainly, I would say it's not a case of a more worthy recipient. Probably just didn't want to be called the oldie of the year. But again, she's, you know, she's putting herself out there um, even to the last year of her life. She had a global summit At the end of the year in 2021, October the 19th, um, which was on climate change, which COP25, COP26, sorry. um, Her Majesty called on nations to work together to beat climate change, saying it is the greatest challenge facing our world. The following day, Queen Elizabeth had to cancel a trip to Northern Ireland at last minute, following advice from her doctors, who's told she had to rest for a few days. A Buckingham Palace spokesman said Her Majesty is in good spirits and is disappointed that she will no longer be able to visit Northern Ireland where she had been due to undertake a series of engagements today and tomorrow. The Queen sends her warmest good wishes to the people of Northern Ireland and looks forward to visiting them in the future. The Queen gives a very, very emotional speech every year at Christmas, but in 2021, it was probably one of the most uh, heartwarming. And the Queen spoke about her late husband, Prince Philip, um, on the f- her first Christmas without him in over 70 years, saying there was one familiar laugh that was missing in her home this year. The following year, the 6th of February 2022, the Platinum Jubilee. The 6th of February marks 70 years since Princess Elizabeth ascended to the throne, becoming Queen Elizabeth II. Plans to celebrate Her Majesty's historic reign, which which was tipped to be even bigger than the celebrations for Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, and it could be watched by over a billion people worldwide, including a four-day bank holiday in the summer. Her Majesty said that Camilla will be Queen after her. On the eve of her historic jubilee, the Queen released a public message thanking everybody and also stating her intentions for the future of the Crown. She said in the written message, I would like to express my thanks to you all for your support. I remain eternally grateful and humbled by the loyalty and affection that you continue to give me. And when, in the fullness of time, my son Charles becomes king, I know you will give him and his wife Camilla the same support that you have given me. And it is my sincere wish that when the time becomes, Camilla will be known as Queen Consort as she continues her own loyal service. And she has been named Queen Consort. The 6th of March, twenty, the Queen leaves Buckingham Palace for good. Uh, bucking years of tradition, Her Majesty decided to leave Buckingham Palace for good and make a permanent move to Windsor Castle. Sources say the Queen enjoyed a life with Prince Philip there during the pandemic and the couple rediscovered the happiness of their early years together during this time. It is believed Her Majesty came to prefer life in Windsor rather than London. The 14th of April 2022, the Queen reunites with Harry and Meghan for the first time in two years. Prince Harry and Meghan visited the Queen in in secret before going to the Invictus Games. It marked the first time all three were together since 2020. On the 21st of April 2022, the Queen celebrated her 96th birthday. Her Majesty marked her 96th birthday at Wood Farm, the farmhouse where Prince Philip lived after his retirement on the Sandringham Estate. She celebrated her birthday privately in the wake of her health issues over the previous few months. We'll move on to the Platinum Jubilee, which was this year. Thousands of people descended onto the mall as four days of Platinum Jubilee celebrations kicked off in June. Trooping the colour was the start. The royal superfans dressed up in red, white and blue to watch the Queen's historic birthday parade, which ended in a spectacular flypast over Buckingham Palace, watched by the Queen and the Royals from the balcony. Beacons were lit across the UK in honour of the Platinum Jubilee and more than 3,500 beacons were lit around the UK and the Commonwealth in honour of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. On the 4th of June, there was a party at the Palace and celebrations continued with star-studded concert in Queen Elizabeth II's honour outside Buckingham Palace. There were performances by Queen and Eurovision's Sam Ryder. However, the Queen herself was actually the star of the show. And it started with a skit that she had recorded with Paddington Bear. And yet again, this was another thing that she did without the royal family's knowledge. At 96 years old, she was still pulling out surprises. June the 27th, 2022, the Queen travels to Scotland for the first public engagement since the Jubilee. The the Queen travelled to Scotland with other members of the royal family ahead of a week of traditional events. Her appearance north of the border had been unconfirmed due to concerns about her health. The 96-year-old had cut back on public engagements, including some of them on the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, and this was due to mobility issues. July the 15th, 2022, the Queen visits a hospice with Princess Anne during the heatwave to open a new building. The Queen braved the heatwave in the summer to make a surprise visit to a hospice with the Princess Royal and open its new centre. September the 6th, 2022, the Queen appoints Liz Truss as the new prime minister. Liz Truss officially became the UK's new prime minister after being invited to form a government by the Queen. Her Majesty was pictured shaking hands with the new Tory leader at Balmoral in Scotland. Just two days later, the royal family was rushed to the Queen's bedside after doctors had concerns for her health. and It was later confirmed that at 96 years old, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II had passed away with King Charles and Princess Anne by her side, bringing an end to the longest reigning monarch in British history. I thought I'd finish with a couple of my favourite quotes from Her Late Majesty. Um, When life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. And this one, I know of no single formula for success. But over the years, I have observed that some attributes of leadership are universal and are often about finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, their insights, their enthusiasm, and their inspiration to work together. And another one which I find very funny that she always used to say which is i have to be seen to be believed and this one always strikes me quite strange because people do have to see her people do have to see the royal they do have to know that they're there and you know almost like a fairy tale we know they exist but that she had that ability to know what the public was thinking. Um, you know, she she made trips everywhere in the world. She travelled to all the corners of the Commonwealth. During her 70-year reign, um, she had many countries that were under her leadership and guidance. Um, and those that are still part of the uh the Commonwealth are United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica, the Bahamas, Grenada, Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Tuvalu, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Belize, Antigua and Barbuda, and St. Kitts and Nevis. Um, but the countries that were under her guidance uh, before... Um and are no longer are South Africa, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Ghana, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Tanganyika, Trinidad and Tobago, Uganda, Kenya, Malawi, Malta, Gambia, Guyana, Barbados, Mauritius, and Fiji. Um, in fact, there were thirty two independent countries in her period. Um, including British overseas territories such as the Channel Islands of Guernsey and Jersey, uh, the Isle of Man, um, even things like the Cook Islands, which for those of you who have listened to the episode Mutiny on the Bounty, you'll know of the, the Cook Islands and the Falklands as well. She was very, very instrumental in keeping a good relationship with all parts of, of the Commonwealth. She allowed places to leave, and I know that sounds really stupid because obviously, if a country decides to leave, they can, but previously, that wasn't allowed. You know, you flash back to pre Victorian times. If a country wanted to leave the British Empire, they had to fight for their rights to leave. Look at America in 1776, they had to fight. To leave the British Empire. She allowed it. She allowed countries to get back their independence. To branch away if they wanted to. And she didn't stop them. She had the power to. But she didn't. She respected the democratic vote. And she was the heart and soul of this country. For 70 years. And she will be sadly missed and unfortunately we uh, all we can do is is remember and pay our respects and as a country it's going to be very difficult to uh get our heads around the words god save the king
3: way, but I know we'll meet again some
0: sunny day sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy you're currently a base member? For $90 more I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For $130 more you'll be a swole member and for just $300 more you'll reach sweat platinum.